Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Welcome to Modern Mind, Ancient Book. I want to thank you for joining me today. The book we're going to talk about or conduct a survey of is the book of Deuteronomy. The Hebrew title is Elech Chadabacharim, which means these are the words. Elech Chadabacharim, which means these are the words. And it's from the first line of the text in Hebrew. The translators, Jewish people, rabbis who translated the Hebrew into the Greek form, which was common in the first century, the collection is called the Septuagint. They chose to name it, and this is just a transliteration of the Greek, Deuteronomy, which means deutero, like the second or number two, essentially, nomi, nomi, which is law. So it's the second law. Deuteronomy means the second law. And it's not like a second version of the law. Instead, it's the same law that was given 40 years before, It's the same law that had governed Israel up until this point, but it is expanded. It is evolved. It is uh, capable of addressing more situations, more things, more items, more specifics, because it had been growing in its function and use throughout the 40 years of dealing with an entire nation of people. Moses and Aaron were not capable, as the only two leaders, to bring the people to order and understanding. Instead, it took uh, Jethro's intervention, uh, helping Moses to order the people under judges so that judges could help make decisions. Basically, he said, you know, the the people who you know are filled with God, with wisdom from God, let them judge the people, Moses, because you can't do it. Um, Rabbinic writers actually refer to Jethro, Yitro, as Reguel, or a friend of God. Jethro is a very uh, central... um, position in Moses's life. He definitely was a large part of Moses's life and Moses becoming the high priest, prophet, king kind of position that he played uh, for the nation of Israel. Reuel or Yitro, Jethro, his father-in-law, was a very important person. And it's, I guess, mostly because of Reuel that Uh, Moses was able to organize the people under a system, and that system then brought forth or the second law, or these are the words. So, this particular book was delivered to the new generation. 
The authorship is definitely attributed in terms of content to Moses or Moshe. It's uh, 40 times uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, it indicates that Moses provided the contents. Now, Moses does die in this book and it records his burial. So, obviously somebody recorded that part of it. The Hebrew scriptures are a collection of understandings, of truths, things that are held to be true. Um, you know, not all Jewish people, but the religious folks who have maintained and upheld these books for many thousands of years believed that Moses did indeed do all these things or experience all these things, that Israel did indeed experience all these things throughout the history of their history of becoming a nation from Abraham all the way until modern day today, Israel, these stories are held in high esteem. They are considered sacred and they're considered sacred for uh, Jewish and Christian alike, and some might say um, even in Islam uh, to some degree, because the Torah or the law, Deuteronomy being the capstone of the law, because this is Moses' final address to the people, uh, is held in very, very high regard. In the book of Deuteronomy, you find in chapter 6 and verse 4, what is called the Shema. In English, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And then this is, this is Moses' command. This is how he dealt with the people in this day. And we're going to get to the point of how to read this, but these words which I am commanding you today. So this is this kind of sets the tone uh, for how the book is going to go. So let's do the Shema real quick. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is recited every Sabbath, every Saturday, every Shabbat, and uh, basically every synagogue across the world, and um, including those who believe in Jesus. In um, Hebrew, it says, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kivod Machuto Leolam Vayet. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Baruch Shem Kivod Machuto Leolam Vayet. You will find that recited. I mean, some 3,700 years later now, every Saturday. This book is central to our understanding. All of those who um, want to understand ancient books, you don't have to be religious to want to understand this. But if you want to understand this, if you want to understand the Bible, if you want to understand the Tanakh, the prophets' writings and law, if you want to understand the New Testament, you have to understand Deuteronomy and the law. You have to. There are themes in here because the Bible is a storied book. The themes that are in the law 
and the strength of Deuteronomy, which is the capstone of the law, is that there are repetitions. There are stories that keep replaying and replaying and replaying themselves, and they build on themselves. So if you understand Deuteronomy, you understand Genesis better. If you understand Deuteronomy, you understand Matthew better. If you understand Deuteronomy, you understand every single book of the Bible a little bit better because every single book of the Bible has this story in it. The Jewish people, the pinnacle of the Jewish people is at this very moment. There is a blessing and a curse sent before them, set before them in this book. So uh, Moses is the author. His death is recorded in this book. Moses gave them the content of this. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, the date for this book uh, is about 1406 uh, BC. It took Moses about a month, Moshe Moses, about a month to compile the, um, this content, I guess, to teach the people. Um, what it was that he needed, that he was commanded to say to them. Uh, and this took place in the year 1406. The people of Israel were ready to go into the promised land and they were standing in the plains of Moab. This book was written after the 40 years in the wilderness wanderings and the people were now to begin their holy war. They were to go and they were to take the land of Canaan, as was promised to Avram, that his people would dwell there forever. This is the new generation of Israel. The former generation had passed away. Moses wrote this to the children of the generation who were afraid to go into the land because the people were powerful and the cities were walled. The new generation had no part in Egypt. The new generation were never a labor source for Pharaoh. The new generation were essentially nomads who had wandered around the wilderness, who had seen the previous generation rebel against the Lord God in Kadesh Barnea, that they were afraid, that they called to go back to Israel to eat from boiling pots of meat provided by Pharaoh, or I guess provided by their own animals. The new generation, however, watched all these people die as a result of their rebellious decision, and they now are being instructed in the law on the edge of the wilderness, they've experienced the law. They've seen God. They've seen his Shekinah glory. They have saw the tabernacle. They've seen the miracles. They have sacrificed. They have learned. They have learned to be Israel. No longer are they Egyptian. The expanded covenant legislation is what's given in Deuteronomy. It is to guide the people to prosperity and peace in the promised land. After, of course, they take it. 
The way that you would want to read this is to imagine yourself standing in the plains of Moab near the place of Mount Nebo. When you look back, you're reminded of how many people have been buried in the desert, of 40 years of wandering, of rocks and sand. When you look forward, you're ready because you know God is with you to enter the land and to take the land. You know, because Moses has told you, that he will not be going with you into the land. But you're going to have a new leader, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, essentially. You have gathered to hear the final words of Moses. You've been learning from him. He's been teaching you. He's been telling you all of the things that are necessary for you to become the nation in the land after your guaranteed victory. Because God is with you. There is a treaty that must be ratified. You must accept the blessings and the curses. Moses has taught you about the journeys. He's told you of all the stories over again. He's given you covenant legislation that will guide your relationship with God and your neighbor. He's established the curses and the blessings. And he's offered you a final word of encouragement and praise before he goes to be with his people. You must be careful not to fall into sin. You must stand correct before sin takes hold. You must not allow yourself or your people to turn away from God. You must watch yourself. You must care for God and his commandments. Because as you enter the land, you must follow the God who brought you out of Egypt in miracles and strength and you know him you've seen him and you're brave and you're ready to go fight the argument of this book is Yahweh Adonai the covenant God must be loved and feared and obeyed this is necessary because without it Israel will not prosper in the land The purpose of this is to encourage Israel to love the Lord and obey his law and take possession of the inheritance which was promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The key verses are um, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your hearts and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that Moses, I am giving to you today for your own good. The second verse is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, which says, This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you, which is a legal term, If you go look up ancient um, covenants or treaties, this was a very common statement. 
there is a lot in there that can that requires extensive study and I really urge you to take the time to go back in time and understand how this language affects and what effects it does have so this day I call heaven and earth as witnessed against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and curse now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers. The covenant legislation needed to be ratified. And so the people stood before Moses and upon his call, they agreed to do all that was questioned, required, and taught of them. The way that you want to... So we know how you, how you want to approach the scripture as an ancient Jewish person on the plains of Moab, listening to your leader who is soon to pass and understanding that you have responsibility. As a modern mind, we want to interpret legal literature as instructional and judicial. It's not for the mature or the obedient, but for the disobedient. As a person, as a, as a modern mind, we must understand the spirit or godly attitude or godliness or holiness behind the principles of, this, of these laws. We want to interpret light. We want to interpret law in terms of the treaty and covenant that this was. This was an agreement that if we do right good will happen. If we do wrong, bad will happen. It's the only covenant in the Bible like this. This covenant de demands that the people are responsible for their actions. Whereas every other covenant, like Abraham, for instance, he did lots of wrong things, but God kept his covenant because the Abrahamic covenant was a promise on God's name and God's actions. Whereas the Mosaic Covenant is a promise on behalf of the people to do only right. It's very different. But it's very important to understand because, again, this is a central theme throughout the entire scriptures that if you understand this, you understand everything else a lot better. The Mosaic Law is a temporary law, while all the other covenants are legal, eternally binding, because they rest upon God and God alone. There are different categories in this law and in this relationships, or in this, yeah, in these relationships. It's relationship to God, the nation, the family, neighbors, and enemies. The Ten Commandments themselves, they well, they express principles. And the furtherance or deuteronomy they it, it elaborates on these things in more specific examples and applications the ten commandments are the foundation 
and the rest of the law is built on it and by it. There are apodictic laws or commands like you shall, and there are there are casuitic laws, casuitic laws, which if this happens, like cause-related laws. There are five basic categories, criminal, civil, family, cultic, and when we say cultic, we just mean worship-oriented, and then like charitable, debts and loans and things. The Old Testament, or Deuteronomy, does stand on its own. As a modern mind, especially if we're Christian, we don't want to bring this all the way up to the New Testament or bring the New Testament all the way back, but instead we want to see the repeating, storied truths that start in Deuteronomy and that continue throughout the history of man on behalf of God's story replaying itself and teaching us further helping us to grow in understanding of him. And that's why these things are recorded. The Old Testament is something we should really take the time to learn. Because it sheds light on every other part of the Bible. The Bible is a storied book. Each individual scroll or book plays a part in helping to understand every other story, every other scroll. If you understand this one, you understand what became what, what was before it more, and you'll begin to see it play itself out in every other book after. Genesis and Deuteronomy are probably the ones to know the most, to spend the most time in, but... If you are a student, if you do love to read or just take the time or do podcasts or whatever it is that you value so much, um, however you value to learn is what I mean, then you would find these books are so deep and the knowledge potential of to learn is so great. That there's so much to be learned. And Deuteronomy is definitely a central part of that. So I want to encourage you to read Deuteronomy and reread Deuteronomy and think about Deuteronomy and begin to see Deuteronomy in every other book because you will once you recognize its themes and stories. Thank you for your time. And I hope you've got a little bit of hunger to explore this book a little more. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.